Mac Power Users, episode 728, all about Apple Care. Hello and welcome back to Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett. I'm joined by my friend and yours, Mr. David Sparks. Hello, Stephen. How are you today? I am good. Like like many people in the United States, I uh, have unexpected snow and low temperatures, but you know, kids are out of school. We've built some snowmen in the yard. It's been a fun week. Are you uh, are you like kind of secretly looking forward to getting your your like your cold weather gear, your battery backups? You know, getting all that going. <laughs> I mean, I've got uh, I've got a lot of that stuff. You know, we went sledding yesterday, so I got to to bust out a bunch of really what's hunting gear. But that's the best way to have cold weather gear, at least when you live in yeah. the south, I guess. Uh, but yes, I did make sure one thing I did do. Uh, was make sure that my I have like a a jump start kit for like a car battery, and it's just yeah. basically it's a big lithium ion battery that dumps all of its power at once to jump start a car. It's way more sure. convenient than jumper cables, and you know cold weather will kill batteries, and so I did make sure that baby was fully charged in case you know I didn't expect an issue in my car. It's new, but you know my wife's van or a neighbor or something, uh, so it is sitting like uh, in the uh, laundry room ready to go so far it has not been pressed into service but we still got a lot of cold weather to go yeah i was reading how in the you know in this big cold spell we've got the, some of the electric cars on the east coast are just getting fried by the cold weather and uh that's not good no that's not what you want at all <laughs> yeah yeah either way uh well things here if it makes you feel better you know we're down in the 60s today oh, so man. i've got a sweat sweater on you know i hope you're doing i can okay, wear buddy. my battery mac power user sweater so so i totally get it i'm I'm right there with you a <laughs> uh, little housekeeping uh how is the field guide we talked about that in the last episode it's been out there now for uh, a little bit of time how's it going so good, man. It's so good. I, I'm getting so much uh, good feedback on this one. I mean, I always get good feedback on the field guides, but this one is more about, you know, like, you know, getting your act together and it's really landing with people. And, and I was nervous about releasing it and now I'm very happy I did because it seems like it's helping folks. And, um, and yeah, I love it. Uh, that 10% launch code PFG MPU that, that expires, uh, just a couple days after the show airs. So, uh, if you're in, you know, if you want to get that discount, go get it at learn.maxsparky.com. But uh, I'm feeling really good. I, I already did one of the webinars, and uh, we've even added some content to the course in response to some of the questions in the webinar. And it's all good, buddy. That's awesome. Today on More Power Users, that's the ad-free longer version of the show. Uh, you can learn more at relay.fm slash mpu slash join. Uh, you and I are going to be talking about our Vision Pro pre-order experiences. So we're going to record that section of the show just a couple hours after pre-orders open. Uh, and we'll talk about how it went for us. So that's in the future yeah. as I speak now, but in the past as this episode comes out, you know, the time continuum thing. But it's going to be uh, going to be an adventure, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could be like exultant. We could be sad. And that could be whether we get through or not. You know, I don't know. I Who knows what's going to happen, but stick around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, Apple Care, which is sort of Apple's umbrella name 
for its different warranty and support offerings, uh, both paid and free. Uh, so this is something that has been sort of on my list for a while to talk about because it's, it's actually a pretty complicated system. W- when we sat down to plan the show out and kind of outlining it, I thought I, I was really worried. It's like, is this enough for an episode? Like, what if we get through this and I've got half a show? Uh, we got a whole show today. Let me just, uh, you can look at the playtime and, and, and see probably that there's a lot of stuff here. And uh, we're going to do our best to kind of walk through some of the terminology Apple uses. So when you uh, are in contact with Apple for support for hardware or software, you kind of know some of the language. We're going to talk about the free and different paid versions. So there's now Apple Care Plus, which is sort of a, a rebranding of some things and how Apple Care Plus is different for some of the product lines. Uh, there's different kind of options for you. And then we're going to talk about what I learned the most about in this, which is Apple Care for businesses. There's this whole world out there of like enterprise and IT support that Apple offers with some pretty hilarious pricing. So we will get to that as well. So that's kind of a map of, of what we're going to do today. Um, but yeah, we should we should start with the basics. And uh, we have a bunch of links in the show notes, I should say, that again, I, I, I went through and I was very careful in naming the links so you can hopefully follow them along because a lot of these things have similar names. Um, in fact, I wrote this sentence. I'm going to read it verbatim out of Notion. If you need care for your Apple gear, you can call Apple Care using your Apple Care warranty. It's like <laughs> Apple's names are so bad. It's like watching TV in the Apple TV app on your Apple TV. But, uh, you know, that's never been Apple's strong suit, I guess, coming up with different names. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do like the word Apple. That's for sure, right? <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. But, no, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are just super confused by it because I mean, there's the thing you just buy when you buy new hardware, but there's all these different elements to it. And Apple has added additional products and wait for it services. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so I just feel like this is something that, that they do now. And you've got to, you've got to understand the lay of the land if you're going to take most advantage of it. So this show is going to be kind of an Apple care primer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should start at sort of the ground level of Apple's complimentary support slash limited warranty. Uh, I call it that because Apple wants to call it complimentary support, but what it is in reality is it's a limited warranty, right? Like they're trying to make it sound uh, grander than it is. Um, And this is just the base warranty that comes with your product for most Apple hardware in most areas. Uh, and I do want to underline that we're not going to get into all the specifics of all the countries because there's a lot of nuance here. Again, there's a bunch of links in the show notes you can go explore. But uh, that that means that, you know, something we say may not be uh, exactly how it is if you live outside of the U.S. or even some places in the U.S. like California has some different warranty laws and regulations that other states don't have. But broadly speaking, the limited warranty is a one-year limited warranty against uh, hardware defects and 90 days of complimentary technical support. So you go to the Apple store, you buy a MacBook Air on February 1st. You have 90 days of complimentary tech support. So if you have a hardware or a software issue, you can have that resolved by Apple for free in those three months. And up to a year, if a hardware fault happens, so the thing starts stops charging or the screen goes out or something like that, then they will take care of the hardware 
for a year if it's found to be a defective component, right? This is not, oh, you dropped a soda on it or something like that. It's a it's a limited warranty. It's a defect of something they designed or uh, or built. And if that's not enough time for you, that's when we get into all the Apple Care Plus stuff. We're going to get to that a little bit later. One question we get a lot from listeners is, what's the deal with uh, Apple's refurbished store? You can go to Apple's website. They have refurbished products there. Uh, is that a worthwhile thing? Um, and I would say wholeheartedly it is. Uh, mainly, and this has been true for as long as I can remember, Apple warranties their refurbished products as if they're new. And so you don't have... Uh, you're not taking a bigger risk from a warranty perspective by buying refurbished. And so if you're looking for uh, a few hundred bucks off a Mac, or maybe you're buying an iPhone or a watch for a, a kid or a family member, and you don't want to pay full price, and they don't necessarily need the latest and greatest, uh, I'm really a big proponent of the refurbished store. And um, they've got a great web page up that kind of talks about uh what Apple does when they refurbish products. It's a little beyond the scope uh, today, but just know that it comes with that same one-year limited warranty with 90 days of complimentary tech support. So it's the same warranties if you bought new, and that's I think that's fantastic. I think that's the way it should be. Okay, so let's talk about a legal term here uh, as a former lawyer. Stephen, what is a quote-unquote support incident? I copy and pasted this from Apple because it seemed like an important thing to get right. Apple defines a support incident as a specific, discrete issue that can be addressed by isolating its origin to a single cause. Apple, in its sole discretion, will determine what constitutes a support incident. It's what Apple says it is. <laughs> so it could be that the keyboard they installed is, a, is not very good. And that's mm-hmm. that could be the cause, or it could be that you spilled a can of Coke on your Mac, or it could be anything in between. Yeah, could could be anything in between. Could be, uh, oh, I can't print, and so they have to help you reinstall a print drive or whatever. Oh, really? I didn't think of that 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 generically. Yeah, I mean, you I, used I, to work as a genius, so you you've seen it all a long time ago. Uh, and yeah. and Apple says this is resolved basically when the customer is told what to do to fix it or what is needed to be done to fix it is done or, Hey, this actually is a third party issue. So uh, an example from my old days could be, Hey, my iMac doesn't power on anymore or it powers on, but it doesn't boot. Like it's doing something weird. And we crack it open in the genius room. We see dollar store memory installed. We take that memory out. The iMac boots perfectly. We put that RAM in a known good iMac, and now that iMac is having trouble. Okay, clearly the issue is you bought El Cheapo RAM on the internet or wherever, and it's a third-party issue, so we're going to give you back your iMac, and we're going to give you back the memory in a little baggie and say, this is a third-party issue, Uh, your computer's fine. And that's the end of that, again, support incident. So it's, it's the closure part of the cycle. And that's really, I mean, in, in my experience, which again is like so out of date, it's, it's hardly worth mentioning, but my experience, uh, both as a genius back in the day and the, the, the few times I've encountered Apple support since then, Apple 
good people who work for Apple and, and most of the support people Apple employees or contracts really are good. They are moving towards that resolution, right? Not to get you off the phone or get you off the chat, but because they want to solve your problem or help you solve your problem. So again, it's it's the information being identified. It's completing the fix, either hardware or software, or narrowing it down to to be a third party issue, and uh, and that's kind of how these things can end. But it's important that we define this because as we move into the paid Apple Care Plus options, some of those plans have a, a set number of support incidents, or they'll say okay, you broke your phone screen, it's going to cost this much, and it is a quote-unquote incident. Um, so that's kind of what Apple means. It's a it's a, an issue, it's the resolution of the issue, and it's the communication of the resolution of the issue. Now, with the number of support incidents, does it matter whether it's your fault or Apple's fault? It, it can uh, when we move into some of the paid stuff, and that really comes down to, did you damage your thing or did your thing have a fault? And yeah. uh, and there's there's lots of ways Apple can obviously detect that, right? If you come in and you've broken your phone, I don't know anyone who's ever done that, then, okay, it's pretty clear. Like, <laughs> the screen did not explode on its own. You, you ran over it with your truck. Or, you know, things like liquid trip indicators, right? Oh, my trackpad isn't working. Well, let's, let's go pop the top off and see what it's doing. Oh, all these little things that are white are now red. Like, clearly, liquid has, has been in the system. And so they do have ways to, to sort that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do find, and we'll get into this later, but it's, it really doesn't pay to try and pull a fast one no. at the genius bar. They know what they're they, doing. They know what's going on. They yeah. Know what's going on. And, and, and the level of diagnostics they have now are so much more advanced than when I was there where they can, and you can even do it. Like, uh, my wife has had a screen and a battery now put in her iPhone 13 mini because she's going to use the mini as long as she can. And sure. even before you go into the store, like you get sent a link and it like runs a diagnostic over the internet that can run diagnostics locally in the store. We didn't have a lot of that back when I was a genius in the, I was there from let's call it 2006 to 2008. And so a very different time frame. but uh, they, they have a lot of tools that they're going to get to the bottom of what's going on and yeah, pulling a fast one over is like, it's not going to get you anywhere, <laughs> you know, go in, yeah. be honest. And that's, that's always that's always the best policy, you know. Yeah, and honestly, the the other bit of it is they don't. Apple does not, in my experience, look for ways to blame it on the customer. If it's on them, they they honor it. It's not, you know. So just be honest. But we'll get to that later. Uh, but I want to talk about another type of support, and that is the Apple service programs. So this is what happens when Apple does find an issue with one of their devices. And they will honor a service program, even for things that are out of Apple Care. And I was talking earlier about the the MacBook Air, you know, the adorable, as Gray called it, uh, the keyboard. Well, several times they extended that that warranty and the service program for those bad keyboards. Yeah. In fact, the last Butterfly MacBook Pro was put on sale and entered into the service program on the same day, which I think is the only time that's ever happened. And yeah, so this is a a special, you know, usually hardware repair program for specific issues on specific devices. Sometimes even it's within like a serial number range of a product. So it's not all 2017 iMacs. It's just these iMacs made 
between this date and this date, and we determine that by the serial number. Uh, very often, it's because of a, a defective component that you know they got from a supplier somewhere. Um, the keyboard thing is definitely the most famous one, right? Because it was every MacBook sold and uh, every one port MacBook, and then all the MacBook Pros uh, in that sort of 2016 to 2019 time frame. It's all we spoke about on the show. It felt like for a long time with those yeah. those stupid Went keyboards on for years, for years, yeah. and and rightly so because Apple really blew it on that one. But uh, these are specific programs designed to take care of customers, even if they're out of warranty. And often what will happen is, you know, say that you had a er an early butterfly keyboard failure and you were out of warranty and you paid for that repair, which is probably pretty expensive. If they then deem, okay, this is actually part of a service program or uh, in the old days, it was called a repair extension program. If you're part of this and you've paid for this repair, Apple will reimburse you for your cost because it came out later that, oh gosh, this isn't just like a, a, a random thing. This is a, you know, a flaw or a, a, a defect in a component that's affecting a lot of people. So again, Apple's going to try to make it right. And yeah, this is, you know, most similar thing to like uh, recalls on vehicles, right? Sometimes you get that letter in the mail or a phone call or something of, hey, you know, your, your Honda has this, you know, uh, this issue and we're going to, you know, bring it into the dealer. We're going to take care of it for free. We don't care about your warranty. Like we, we're just, we need to do this to make it right. Obviously that example is not perfect because recalls on vehicles are under federal uh, law and that sort of thing. And this isn't, but the idea is the same, right? It's the manufacturer making it right because uh, they have a, a widespread issue. Yeah. And they'll even like bring it to your attention. Like I, I remember one time we were, I was buying a new phone and I was handing off my phone to my daughter. And he's like, he says, let me see that phone. And he checks. And he's like, oh, there was an issue with the battery in this series. We're going to get you a new battery. They're like they proactively seek to fix those things for you. And uh, I like that about Apple. Yeah, me too. Um, one last sort of little oddball thing uh, we should discuss before we get uh, into the Apple Care Plus stuff is what happens as your Apple product ages. And so... There's two definitions here that you may have seen, uh, vintage and obsolete. Again, different rules in different regions, but generally a product is considered vintage once Apple has stopped selling them for more than five years. So this is not five years from when the product first went on sale. It's five years when it stops going on sale. So if you think about a product uh, like an iPhone in particular, that, you know, the iPhone 12, 13, 14, like a lot of those are still hanging around. You can go buy one as new. The timeline doesn't start on those until they're taken out of rotation. Once they're off the Apple store, then the timeline starts. And it's not an exact five years. Apple updates these definitions a few times a year. It's kind of periodically. Um, but then you have seven years, which is obsolete. So you have five years vintage, seven years obsolete. And what that means is, uh, when a minute, the, the five year mark means that, um, owners, uh, of those devices can obtain service and parts from Apple and its partners for those five years. Um, and then the seven year mark means there's, there's no, there's no parts anymore. Right. So, uh, you know, if you have a MacBook from, 
you know, 2012, okay, you're way past that now. You're not going to be able to walk into an Apple store and ask for them to replace a hardware component in it. Um, And again, that varies by region. Um, And there's a carve out for Mac laptops, uh, their batteries for 10 years, but Apple doesn't promise parts. It's like subject to parts availability. Um, So that's kind of the thing, five years, seven years. Now, what you run into and I've written about this and we've, we've talked about it is OS support for these devices very often is longer than five to seven years. You know, you could yeah. run a new version of Mac OS, uh, maybe not right now because Apple has been aggressive the last couple of years, but you know, before the Apple Silicon era, for sure, you could be running an Intel iMac with the newest Mac OS and not be able to get parts for it if something died in it. And, and I would like Apple to take that into account when they look at these lists, like I wouldn't mind these numbers being a little bit longer because these devices are leading longer and longer lives. And that's a good thing. And Apple should encourage that. So um, the five to seven year thing does trip people up. Like, well, it's a perfectly good computer. I'm still using it. It just needs, you know, a screen or a SSD or, you know, a keyboard or whatever. And uh, you can get tripped up by that. You know what this means? You've, you've only got seven years to replace your touchpad, your touch bar. Yeah, you know, that's right. Because <laughs> they now they stopped selling the 13 inch MacBook yep. Pro with Touch Bar. You got 13, you got seven years on that thing. So, yep, the clock is ticking. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by One Password. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU right now to get 20% off your plan. One Password is the way that both Steven and I protect ourselves on the internet. One of the things I love about One Password is the password generator. They put a lot of effort into it, and it's the most unique and powerful password generator I've ever used. The trouble is, as humans, we're not very good at coming up with unique passwords, so we resort to using the same one repeatedly, which is a big problem on the internet, because once somebody hacks a password, then they try it in other places, and those passwords get published. It's just a bad idea in general. One password solves that for you by creating truly unique, strong passwords. But one of the problems with those unique passwords, like a 20-character completely random password, is there's no way to remember it. So if you want a memorable password, 1Password does that too. And it does that by generating a random group of words separated by dashes. So if you need a memorable password, you push the button, 1Password spits one out for you. The password generator is getting constant attention from the team at 1Password. The system encourages you to make long passwords. For instance, did you know a 16-character letters-only password is 8 million times harder to guess than a 12-character password? And that's just one tool that 1Password gives you. There's so many more. Like, you can secure data. You can have it remember passwords for all your websites and online services. Uh, It just does it all for you. It's a security solution, not just a password application. I'm a big fan, and you can sign up for it over at onepassword.com slash mpu. That URL, one last time, is onepassword.com slash MPU. That gets you 20% off. Go there, show your support for the show, and start protecting yourself on the internet. So all that brings us to Apple Care Plus. So if the limited yes. warranty is not enough for you, you get to pay more for more coverage. This is a rebranding, by the way. It used to not be called Apple Care Plus. It was just you had the limited warranty, and then you paid for Apple Care, but... Now it's a service, so it gets a plus sign on it, as legally mandated, it feels like. Apparently. 
by the universe. Yeah. By the universe. <laughs> but the, um, you know, it, it's also, um, I think something people want and, and the, but you know, there's various levels of this as well. We have to get to that, but the starting point is, as we said earlier, you get 90 days and a hundred and a year, I'm sorry for uh, parts. Um, and for a lot of people, they want more, especially with laptops when you're sticking in your bag, pulling them out, running around with them all day. Um, and everything is really tightly compressed in there. Maybe you want to get a little, little bit longer on your warranty. Well, Apple will sell you that. Yeah. The, the pricing is dependent on the product, as you may imagine, right? AirPods yeah. Pro are cheaper to get Apple Care Plus for than a MacBook Pro. But you can also, for a lot of products, either pay uh, monthly or annually. And you can either pay basically an upfront cost for a set number of years. So let's take the M2 MacBook Air, what we both believe I think is the, the best Mac you could buy right now. It's definitely our favorite emotionally. Well, you can it's, it's it's there up there. It's up there. Yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's really good. Uh, I wish yeah. I had one. Uh, so for a hundred and ninety nine dollars, uh, what? What? I don't okay. have one. No. Yeah. I, I mean, you have the MacBook Pro that you chose. I know. No, I'm just saying. Like, I I don't okay. need an M2 Air. I just I want one because it's so much. It's so uh, good. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Uh, I'm still on the one laptop lifestyle until further notice. Don't worry. Uh, I, I feel I feel you're getting weak. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't sound like me to buy a computer and not tell anybody about it for a while and then drop it on them in a dramatic fashion. That doesn't sound like something I would do. Oh, that's why I kind of expected <laughs> you to tell me right now that you have one. <laughs> I got this new uh, Mac Pro. No, I don't. So the M2 Air, you can spend $199 at time of purchase uh, or like within a 60-day a window. Yeah. Uh, the $199 gets you three years of extended warranty so it's extended hardware warranty and extended technical support for three years 199 dollars or you can pay 69.99 a year and have it until you stop paying that yearly now yeah. apple on their many website many web pages i cannot tell you if there's an actual limit to that like if i paid 70 dollars a year for five years and I hit the vintage mark at that point, can I not pay for it anymore? I don't have a clear answer to that. And if someone does, please let us know we're doing feedback next week. I'd love to clear this up. I cannot find an answer to this on Apple's website, yeah. but could you do it for 20 years? You know, really? Yeah. That doesn't seem likely, but, um, but that's kind of the price difference on the MacBook air. And again, it goes down like an iPhone 15 pro is, Thirteen forty nine a month or two sixty nine for two years, so it's actually more expensive. But that makes sense to me. It's a it's a device that's in your pocket. You have it with you everywhere. It's a glass sandwich. You know, it's going to be a little bit more. Yeah, the iPads a lot are more less. iPhones are dropped than than laptops for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the iPads are less. You can get it for like the Apple Watch Ultra Two is a hundred dollars for two years, and the AirPods Pro, my favorite, because uh, it's a funny example, thirty dollars for two years. So when you go to to buy an Apple product, all this is in the flow of checkout, where you have the option to add Apple Care Plus. Do you want it annually for a one time? You want to you want to pay annually for however many years, or do you want to pay a one time thing for a fixed number of years? So all that's in the flow now, and you do have sixty days to decide. So you don't have to do it at checkout. So if you're buying a computer and say, "Look, 
Uh, yeah, I do want to add the 199, but it's a little out of my budget right now. You can put a thing in reminders and, and add it later. When you do that, there's some verification that your system isn't damaged or reporting any issues, but it's a very simple process and, uh, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. And the, um, you know, the question of what, what Apple care you buy, we're going to talk about what we do personally later, but I think the math kind of works out. If, if you're of the type that wants to have your device insured, I think they're, they're in the ballpark. I think the AirPods pro actually is a pretty good deal because those things often fail over time. Yeah. And, um, for 30 bucks to get two years, probably going to get your money back. Yeah. I think it's definitely, definitely possible. Um, so the Apple care plus you get those support incidents. Um, there are still some, some fees could be, uh, accrued if, if something comes up, Apple's always upfront about that. They're not going to do something and then charge you after the fact as a surprise. Um, Paid customers get 24-7 priority access to Apple support via chat or phone. And then again, you have that 60-day window. It gets confusing, though, because there's Apple Care Plus, but then there, what if? What about the one for theft and loss? You know, it's like, how do you distinguish them? To me, Apple Care Plus sounds like everything, but it's not, right? Yeah, so for Apple Care Plus with theft and loss protection, it is everything you get in the regular Apple Care Plus. Plus two incidents of theft or loss coverage every 12 months. And this is just available on the iPhone currently, but it means that if your phone gets stolen out of your bag at the gym or you leave it on an Uber and it's gone forever, uh, as long as find my is turned on. And as long as you, you go to Apple and there's going to be a deductible payment, they will replace that device. Now, obviously theft and loss protection is more expensive than regular Apple care plus, but I think for something like a phone, again, it makes a lot of sense. Something that's always with you, something that is uh, more likely to be misplaced or stolen than, you know, a MacBook Air or something just because of the nature of the product. So you can read about uh, about that in the um, uh, in the show notes. And I would add to that, though, in, in addition to the nature of the product, it's the nature of the user. Like when my kids were younger and they got iPhones, I thought this was a great deal because they were teenagers and you know, it's very possible they're going to lose their phone. Yeah. So it just depends on the user too. It does. Oh, it definitely does. And so that's, that's Apple care plus you're paying for additional time. You have options on how you pay and you have an iPhone, you have options to have it protected for theft and loss. It's complicated. You know, we just talked a lot of words about the different, the different variations uh, of Apple care plus. But I do think Apple does a good job when you're buying a product. They just sort of show you the options for that that product. You know, today we're talking about it in a broad sense, so it's kind of a lot of information. But I think Apple's pretty clear. Like if you go to the the Apple Store online or on on the iOS app or even in person, I think they've got this down where they can they can explain the options to you and you can make a an informed decision. Although I'm not really sure if naming them all some variant of Apple Care really serves. I think for a lot of people, they're confused about what coverage they have. Yeah. Because it's all Apple Care, right? And they're like, no, I have the Apple Care. They're like, yeah, you have Apple Care, but you don't have Apple Care Plus. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, how come I don't have that? You know, and I think that um, maybe branding it a little differently would have would have made that easier. But 
I imagine there must be tons of confusion in the Apple Store every day as people bringing their devices in and trying to figure out what level of support yeah. they get. I think in particular, oh, I paid for Apple Care Plus. Oh, but you didn't pay for theft and loss. Like, yeah, so sorry, yeah. but that's that's the situation you're in. I agree. Uh, I don't envy anyone who envy anyone who has to explain this to someone in person or over the phone. So, but let's talk about that. You know, we you have the coverage now. What happens when you need the coverage? What do you do? Yeah, so uh, you can do a couple of things, kind of get the ball rolling. Uh, Apple does have an iOS app called Apple Support. Uh, I have it on my phone. You log in with your Apple ID. It's actually pretty cool. You see a list of all of your devices. You can tap on any of them and start a service request. Uh, You can also do this on the web at getsupport.apple.com. Same thing. You log in with your Apple ID. All of your devices show up there. Uh, Apple's website even has a warranty coverage checker. So if you're not sure how much warranty you have, you can look online. But in versions of the OSs over the last several years, there's actually an Apple Care and warranty section in settings. So you can go and see how much coverage you have left. And, you know, they're going to put a badge up there when your warranty is getting ready to expire. Apple support app on the web. You can even call in the, U- in the United States. It's 1-800-275-2273. That spells out APL Care, Apple Care. I used to have okay. that phone number memorized. In fact, when I wrote it out in the show notes, I got about halfway through it, and then I couldn't remember, like, was it 2273 or 2263? But uh, 800-275-2273 is uh, Apple Care's phone number. And any way you get in contact with them, uh, you know, if you go through these m- more technologically advanced uh ways they'll have your seal and number they're going to know some stuff about you but you know you'll need to confirm yeah. your identity and then you uh you start down the chain of what's going on right is it um is it hardware is it software are you not sure some people don't know the difference between those two things so apple's language is really useful it's like oh my device doesn't power on uh my device you know uh turned off and i can't restart it like my device is damaged. They do, I think, a pretty good job at using regular terminology and language with people. You know, we're technical users, but not everyone is. And so I think they yeah. they try to kind of get you into the right funnel. And as you go through those steps, uh, again, thinking about the solutions-oriented support we talked about earlier, they'll say, hey, you know, here's a support document that can help you with that. You know, maybe you're starting... Uh, with a chat and maybe they say, Hey, actually we're going to call you. Um, or we're going to set up a uh, remote support so they can screen share to your device to see what's going on. Some of them is like, actually you need an appointment. Like you got to go into a store, uh, or you got to go into a, a service provider. And we'll talk about repairs in a second. Um, so they're, they're trying to get you closer to that solution every step of the way, bringing you into the right funnel to get you to that solution. And, I like that Apple has all these ways of communication. Like some people are just always going to want to call, right? They're going to pick up the phone. They want to talk to a human being. Some of us, that's the last thing we want to do. And so we'd rather use chat or email support, something like that. So they have those options to kind of meet people where they are. Yeah. So a couple of points I'd like to make here is the first is that um, when this first started, like when I was early days with some of the stuff, I always thought I would want to go into the store, right? Wouldn't it be best to go have somebody in the store look at it? But that is takes a long time, and 
it just it just seems like a in a lot of ways a waste of time. Um, I have found that the online support is my preferable way to start this stuff because it seems like quite often they get the problem solved with me having a chat going on in the background and not having to like drive to a store. The other thing I would say is as Mac power users, when you know you've got something that's headed towards a support issue, make a log of what you did to try and fix it. So the, the, the problem is when you get on the phone or you go in the store or you get on the chat, they want to start at the very beginning. You know, it's, that's troubleshooting 101, right? But if you can say, I did this, 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 and this, you know, I, I rebooted the computer, I uninstalled the app and reinstalled the app, you know, just give everything that you've done and just kind of read it off to them. They still may want you to do some of that again, but they know that you're a sophisticated user. So the whole process just goes faster. And quite often I've done that where I like, this is what I've done. You know, I've reset the PRAM, whatever the thing I've done is. And then they're like, okay, well, I'm going to check a few things and I'm going to kick you up to the second level. And you get there so much faster. Um, if you just have a log and when you talk to the person, text the person, whatever, you tell them everything you've done. I think that's fantastic advice. And I think a lot of that uh, also is about communicating well with whoever's on the other end, because these folks also hear that from people who really don't know what they're doing, right? Or yeah. uh, or who would get frustrated with, oh, actually, we're going to, even though you say you did it, we're going to do it again. Because they also have their workflows they have to work through, right? And they need to be able to say, actually, I can confirm the customer did this, and this was the outcome, so we're moving down this path. And some of that is dependent on the type of incident. Some of it's dependent on the type of advisor you get on the phone or chat or even even genius in the store. Um, you know, sometimes uh, some of them are more uh, willing to take the customer's word than others. So you can do that. I think it's good advice. But, you know, the way I view it is like we're forming a little team, right? We're going to we're going to try to solve this together. And and you kind of got to just Apple's going to meet us where we are. We sometimes also have to meet them where they are. And so I think that's um, that's part of it. Going into it with you know, again being solution minded. I think it was Dave Hamilton. I'm not sure who, there was another podcaster that used to famously give advice to people when their device didn't work, and he'd tell them to unplug it and blow on the the contacts. Have you heard this? No, I think it was I think it was Dave, but that was his way of making sure it was plugged in. He would just say, "Well, unplug it and blow on the the prongs, the contacts, and then." and then plug it back in. And that was just his way, nice way of saying, is it actually plugged in? <laughs> so I, I think when you, uh, when you, when you engage with the stuff as a power user, you should be able to jump past the blowing on the contacts bit by, by showing them that you've done yeah. stuff. And in fact, even like getting a log and like you, you can do a lot in advance. Mm -hmm. And when you start talking that way, it like changes the conversation in my experience. Definitely. A new tool that they have is remote support. And so this is something that we, uh, I didn't work in a call center thing. I worked at Genie Spar, so it wasn't applicable to me. But um, it is new as of several years ago, including on iOS and iPadOS, where if you are in communication with Apple, they can send you a notification that allows them to share your screen. And I will say only, obviously, if you're just like sitting in on your couch one night watching football and you get a like screen share notification that says it's from Apple, not, you know, you're, you haven't talked to Apple, like obviously don't click it. Um, 
But if you're in if you're in contact with Apple Care, you know, they're going to tell you, hey, we're, I'm going to send you this link. They're going to verify where it needs to go, and that screen sharing is automatically ended after the call is over. I think this is such a good feature because uh, as someone who has done tech support over the phone for friends and family, I I had a call today with a friend helping somebody with something. It can be really frustrating. Like, no, 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 like click on the file menu in the upper left-hand corner. It's like, well, the upper left-hand corner of the screen, the upper left-hand corner of the window, I don't see a file menu there. A lot of people aren't as familiar with their products as we are. And it can be much more efficient sometimes to be able to see what they're seeing because not only may they not be able to find what you're describing, but they may not be able to describe to you what they're seeing, right? Like, oh, I go to print and I get an error message. What does it say? I don't know. It disappeared, right? Well, if I'm screen sharing, I can initiate a print job. I can open the print manager window or whatever, and I can see what it's doing, right? And it takes a level of frustration off the table. So I'm really glad Apple has this. Uh, I, I definitely, if you're in a support situation or a family member or friend is in a support situation and Apple wants to do this, uh, I think it's a great tool for them. And, you know, but again, know it's from them, right? Don't accept random screen sharing invitations. Uh, I've never even seen a random one, but I feel like I, have, I should say it as just like a, <laughs> yeah, something I should say on the show. Um, and again, it, it is automatically ended. They're not, leaving a, a you know some remote support on your mac indefinitely right it's for that that window of time and it can be a very um useful tool to 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 move things along when we're trying to deal with a support incident yeah and i i've done this with some of my own support tickets where they took remote access i've been totally fine with it obviously you know close the windows before you know don't put up your your tax return on the screen when you accept the invite but, yeah yeah but just just you know keep it clean and and then afterwards it's over and it's just so delightful that the thing gets fixed without you leaving the house i mean that yep. and i've had that experience so i'm i'm a believer in this but steven what about when it's worse so like what if the keyboard is bad or the you know the drive or the logic board isn't working and and it needs to be repaired what are your options then yeah so you've got more options than ever so, right, you've gone through the tree, right? You've gone through all these decisions, these conversations. Okay, this looks like a hardware issue. Or you know it's a hardware issue. I dropped my phone and broke the back glass or whatever. Uh, you can schedule a repair uh, really four different ways. First one is the classic. It's the one everyone thinks of. It's I make an appointment. Please make an appointment. And I go visit the Genius Bar. And I meet with the Genius and uh, they you know, confirm it's a hardware issue or we, or in an, in an appointment, we figured out it's a hardware issue and we're going to do an in-store repair. So this varies on location and the type of repair and their timeline, right? Sometimes it's faster for them to send it out for repair than to do it in store. Some products are not ever sent out for repair and, and only done in store, at least in my time frame. And I think this is still true. Uh, Apple doesn't ship iMacs around to get repaired, like desktops get repaired in store. Um, and this is, you know, someone in your local Apple store turning the screws, doing the repair and they will, you know, communicate with you about how long it'll take. If there's any, uh, pricing or, you know, any expense, they'll, they'll explain that up front. And then if they get into it and say, oh gosh, we put this part in 
it actually like it kind of fixed it, but there's something else going on. We need some more time. Or, hey, we opened your MacBook Air and all the liquid indicators are tripped, right? And then you come clean about spilling a Gatorade on your laptop two nights ago. Uh, they're going to communicate that with you, right? Apple's never going to surprise you with with something like that. The Genius Bar is great. They're busy. Apple stores are busy. Uh, that's why I sort of, uh, in my creepy whisper voice, said, please make an appointment. Because if you just show up, you may be waiting for a while. Uh, and they may actually turn you away. They say, hey, look, you know, <laughs> we're swamped today. You, you got to make an appointment to come back. Yeah, and and if you've been buying Apple products long enough, you remember when you could easily walk in oh, and yeah. get to the Genius Bar. Yeah. And, and it took me a while to accept that that's just not possible anymore. Apple's mm-hmm. a trillion-dollar company, and they sell a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't, I, I took it personally, I think the first time, you know, yeah. but then I realized, oh no, it's a big business. They have a lot of people make yeah. an appointment. It's not that hard. And, and really the, the appointment system is best for everybody. Yes. It's frustrating if you need something done now, or if you've driven a long way to an Apple store, not knowing you need an appointment. So when I was working at the Saddle Creek store in Memphis, there was not an Apple store in Arkansas or Mississippi. So we had people driving hours sometimes. And very often they just didn't know they needed an appointment, right? Maybe because they've been a customer a long time and they didn't realize at some point appointments were necessary or they just didn't know, right? It's like in that situation, like, you know, I'm a nice guy. I want to try to help you out. You drove four hours to see us, right? Like, but the appointment system means that everyone gets their own time. And you're not overly stressing a genius. Like that's a hard job. Like it's it's fast paced, and you got to know a lot of information. You got to make decisions with clarity, kind of under the gun. Uh, so the appointment makes makes it much more fair to everybody. But if you if you don't live near a store, uh, there's a huge network of Apple authorized service providers, and so these are they range from like independent shops. So I worked, when I left the Genius Bar, I went to go work for an Apple-authorized service provider. So we had walk-in hours where you could bring your laptop in and you know we would do the repairs or whatever. Best Buys are part of the Apple-authorized service provider network now. There's a whole uh, website uh, about repair and service locations. You can search by zip code. And like when you're in the flow of, of a support incident, they say, hey, you know, here are all the locations near you. you know, pick one. And maybe you have your own favorite local ASP that like you've known the guy forever and he's, you know, <laughs> you know, he's going to do a good job. Um, and these, what's important about this and why you want to look for this very specific language of an Apple authorized service provider is that these shops and these technicians have the same tools the Genius Bar has. They have the same access to parts, the same access to tooling, and the same access to knowledge of uh, how the repairs happen and certifications and everything. They may have more um, flexibility in terms of repair options and prices, but Apple holds them to a pretty high level. And, uh, you you know, this is not taking your phone to like the random person in the mall who, you know, she set up a kiosk and is like doing them in the back of her van, right? This is a, a legit thing. And Apple partners with these companies to make it possible because they know they can't reach everybody on their own. Yeah. And, um, and the important thing you said is they have the same parts as I understand it. They even have access to the same Apple care warranty system. Like they, they track your repairs in there. So Apple sees them as well. So if you're still in warranty, 
Although usually I think you're going to an AASP after you're out of Apple Care, but they do have access to the information if if yeah. I understand correctly. Yes, and if they do a repair, it doesn't void your Apple Care, right? Because they are authorized. They they have the yeah. knowledge, the training, and the tooling. And back when I was a lawyer, I was the lawyer to AASPs all over Southern California. They all came to me, and um, that's cool. They're some of the smartest repair people. Yeah out there. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways, you're probably getting somebody with more experience than you do at the genius bar sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Or like if you were me, right. Where I was hiring people to work my ASP, I hired all former geniuses. Right? Like they all had that yeah. expertise and wanted to take it to the next level. And th- that was a good, uh, a good career path for a lot, a lot of people who have served in, behind the genius bar. Yeah. So that is an entirely credible option. But another one that, frankly, I have over the last few years come to embrace is just mail it in. And Apple, I think, has made that a lot easier uh, over the last few years. Oh, yeah. You just, I mean, they send you a box. If you're on the phone with them and they run diagnostics and say, yes, your keyboard's bad, we're going to replace it. Um, would you like us to send you a box? And I'm like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. And I get a box in the mail. You stick it in there. Um, my, uh, the last time I did this, it went off to Texas. I think they have a big repair center in Texas. I don't know if that's still yes. the location. Uh, yeah. Okay. Texas. And there's one here in Memphis, actually right by the airport. Okay. In fact, there were times like when my genius room was just underwater, I could ship out a laptop and get it repaired faster remotely because there was no, basically no travel time. <laughs> like it was like one day, you know, one or two days to get there. They do the repair, they bring yeah. it back. And uh, again, these are technicians who this is all they do. They're they're trained by Apple. It's all part of Apple's uh, warranty system. And it can be a, a fantastic option if you live someplace where there's not a lot of support options or, you know, if there's a global pandemic and you don't want to take your product in somewhere like this is a, this is a fantastic option. The trade off is sometimes it can be a little bit longer if it's got to travel a long way. But I'm so lazy. I have an Apple store six miles from my house. And part of me would rather just stick it in a box and send it to Texas. I get it. Hey, I get it, man. You know? yeah, plus, you know, you're famous when you walk in. They're like, oh, my God, it's Max Sparky. You know, you got you to gotta tamp, uh, tamp that down. You know, that used to happen in the old days. It doesn't happen as much anymore. I feel like, uh, you know, hmm. Apple's too big now. <laughs> too big. Yeah, I, I used to hide, hide from my local Apple store for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want them to know you know what i mean yeah yeah i if i get recognized in apple stores these days it's usually from another patron not from an apple person there you go but the uh, i used to years ago give lectures at the apple they'd have me come in and teach people how to use um you know like i work or something but now they do all that themselves they don't need me mm-hmm. let's talk about uh speeding things up express replacement so this is a program where uh, let's just talk about the iPhone, although this is eligible for every product type except the Mac, which makes sense when you hear what it is. Um, you are doing a effectively a replace like a, a temporary replacement. So I break my phone again hypothetically, and I request Express replacement service. This is not my phone being repaired. This is Apple replacing my phone. So I'm paying for this even with Apple care plus. And if you don't have Apple care plus, you can do this as a one-time paid service. And so they ship you a replacement device and you ship them 
your damaged device. And they put a temporary hold on your credit card to make sure you don't end up with, you know, your phone and their phone. And then you you send it back and you're all set. So they remove the hold after making sure the original product is, you know, what it was supposed to be and that the repair would be covered. So there are costs with this, right? And Apple's website, they actually have a little estimate thing. So you can go in here and say, oh, you know, I broke my iPhone 15 Pro Max. And for me, with Apple Care Plus, it's a $99 service. So, but it's fast. That's the thing. They basically ship you something, you can start using it, and then you ship them the busted one back. Yeah. iPhone 12, uh, 12 Pro. It is running the estimate, 100 bucks. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a loaner program. That's really what it is. So those are the, those are the four options uh, for getting repairs. Apple Store, Apple Authorized Service Provider, Mail-in Repair, Express Replacement. Uh, so you have lots of options. Again, Apple's trying to meet the needs of as many people as they can. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by NetSuite. If you have a business, you can probably relate to this. Things get to a certain size and cracks start to emerge. Things that you used to do in a day are now taking a week. You have too many manual processes and you don't have one source of truth. It's never a good feeling when everything in your business is disjointed. Too many processes in too many places. You want clarity. You want one place where all the important stuff happens. The solution to untangling that disjointed feeling is NetSuite. It's a software company that has developed a cloud-based business management platform to help your team deal with key business processes like enterprise resource planning, financials, CRM, e-commerce, inventory, and more. I know that if I have too many manual processes at work in my business, getting work done feels harder than it should be, and I can't be as productive as I'd like to be. If you want to make sure cracks don't emerge in your business, you should know these three numbers, 36,025 and 1. There are 36,000 businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25 because NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution to all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. I know as a business owner, what a difference that can make, and how much easier everything operates when information is available. It really means smart decisions can be made faster. So go download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com MPU. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com MPU. Go there now, get the free KPI checklist, and make sure your business continues to thrive. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. So as we were prepping for the show, and I use the term we loosely, as a former genius Stephen did the, the hard <laughs> lifting here, he kept sending me screenshots of Apple Care for Business. I thought, I thought, I knew there was such a product, but I'd never really kind of dug deep into it. This is like a whole rabbit hole of, yeah. uh, of options that, that I uh, I didn't know existed. 
I didn't either. I mean, I knew kind of vaguely like Apple had some like Apple care stuff. If you're a big enough company, you can pay them for different things. Um, and we're not going to get too deep into this. I just want to kind of make people aware. There's effectively three levels of Apple care professional support is what they call it. There's help desk support and Apple care OS support and then Apple care for enterprise. Uh, the first one is basically priority telephone access to senior technical staff staff at Apple. So you're the IT person for uh, a medium-sized business, right? And you could purchase this and you and your users have access to these people within the Apple Care organization. It's like a one year at a time plan um, and it covers two technical contacts. So again, this is like, I'm an IT guy. I'm using this as sort of backup. So this is the uh, the Apple Care help desk system, and it is five hundred dollars a year. So I'm paying for this uh, as a resource to supercharge my IT department. That's that's how I view this. Yeah, I, I, or it's a way to jump the line, right? Yeah. So you don't have to go through the lower level support people. Right. If you're an IT professional, you've already blown on the the contacts, right? You you know it's plugged in. So so you can just get get to the people that can help you with the more complex problems faster. Mm-hmm. For 500 bucks a year, you get to jump the line. Yes. Apple Care OS support. That's next level. It is. Boy boy is it. Uh so Apple Care OS support. This is enterprise level support where People employed by the Apple Care organization are helping you with things like cross-platform integration, command line tools, and more. So this is not just uh, help desk in the sense of, oh, someone, you know, I'm trying to set this up on a Mac and it's just not working. Can you help me through it? This is, I have a bunch of Macs and we're integrating with this other product, or we are rolling out some tools and I need some command line support, like those sort of deeper things. Uh, for this, you get uh, unlimited an unlimited number of incidents, and you can get an on-site review by an Apple technical support engineer. So Apple will fly somebody to your site to help you with an issue. Um, what was the other one? Five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just this is just a, a little bit more than that, right? Yeah. $49,995. This may be the single most expensive thing you can buy on Apple's website. Now, I'm sure you can spec up a Mac Pro to cost more, but in terms of just like, I click a button and my credit card is charged. Well, my credit card wouldn't, my credit card would be declined, but an organization's credit card could be uh, charged. This may be yeah. the most expensive thing I've ever seen. So good. But I mean, and it's not for us, right? No, I mean, it's not for no, the no, people no. listening to the show. Unlimited number of incidents. Apple technical support engineer flies out to you. I mean, this is this is a, at an, another level. So I get it, but it is kind of fun sometimes to see yeah. where this stuff goes in enterprise. It is, yeah. And again, this is um, like there's all sorts of features. There's actually three different levels. I quoted the most expensive because it was funny, but one hour response. Um, you know. It's really, hey, we're a business. We're a big business. We're a university. We're a hospital organization. We are dependent not only on the Mac as just a computer in people's offices, but like 
Apple products are at the core of our entire stack. Our business runs on this stuff. This could very well be worth it for you, right? Not something anybody, not something I'm ever going to run into, I don't think. You know, I bet there's people, I bet there's people listening though that have experience with it because like you said, it's out there and and there are cases for it. It's just yeah. not us. And again, uh, we have feedback show coming up. So let us know. There's a feedback form on the website. We'd love to hear from you. Um, lastly, there's Apple Care for Enterprise, uh, 24-7 technical support for end users. So these other ones, the IT person is the go-between from the organization and Apple. This one, just anyone in your organization can just call Apple Care directly. On-site service for up to four years, uh, device repair or replacement. There's not a price for this. I'm just going to read you what Apple's website says. Apple Care for Enterprise is available in volume-based price tiers starting at 200, 1,000, or 5,000 covered devices. Contact Apple, an Apple-authorized reseller, or an authorized carrier partner to receive a quote for Apple Care for Enterprise. Yeah, so that one, uh, they're not even going to tell you how much it is. If you have to ask, <laughs> you can't afford it. <laughs> Truth. Truth. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's Apple Care for business, and there's some other stuff like there's uh, there's like a small business program Apple offers. Like there's uh, business support within the retail channel. Like Apple has a lot of business programs out there, but in terms of extending that warranty, these are your options if you're a company and. I don't know when all these things rolled out. I can tell you these things weren't around back when I was doing this stuff uh, full time. Yeah. But Apple, you know, back then Apple wasn't really selling into big companies the way it does now. Right. The iPad really changed that in a lot of ways. The iPhone changed it in a lot of ways. And this is Apple offering services like its peers do. Right. If you bought a bunch of Dell's or a bunch of HP's or a bunch of Lenovo machines, all those other companies have stuff like this because businesses, especially large ones, they would rather write a check than have their people not be able to work because something's broken. And yeah. this is Apple responding to that in the market. And I think responding fairly well. Yeah. So uh, are you going to sign up for Apple care OS for relay? I feel like maybe that <laughs> makes sense. We'll go 50 grand. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I am not. Uh, it's beyond me, but what is Apple Care fitting for you? Like, are you an Apple Care pur- uh, purchaser? Um, I'm less so than I used to be. Um, there, there's a you know, lawyers have this like reputation. Like, uh, insurance people love selling to lawyers because lawyers always buy all the insurance because you know that's your your day job. You see where everything goes wrong, and when people don't have insurance, how bad it can be for them. So. Uh, lawyers as a breed tend to buy a lot of insurance. So for the longest time, I bought Apple Care on pretty much everything I bought. That's not the case anymore for me. Um, I've had some good experiences with Apple Care. Um, you know, I've been buying Macs a long time. I remember kind of like 15 years ago, I had a 17-inch MacBook Pro. Remember the the lunch tray MacBook Pro? Oh, yeah. The big one? Yeah, I had one and I had it for like two or three years and then it the logic board went bad and they replaced it. And then it, it was like right towards the end of the three year Apple care. Cause back then that was the most you could get was three years. And the logic board went bad, like in year two and then went bad in year three. And then they, they tried to replace it again. It didn't work. And they're like, you know, there's something weird about this computer. And they just gave me a new 
17 inch MacBook Pro. It wasn't like a three year old one. It was the new one. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I loved Apple Care that day because I got a brand new setup. Um, I've never had an experience like that since then. But with the kids' phones, I have kept it because they they can break the glass. Um, knock on wood, I've never really broken an iPhone or lost one. Um, but I still tend to buy the Apple Care for my iPhones because I hand them down after a year to people who aren't as careful. And um, uh, when I bought the the M2 MacBook Air, the one that you you're going to buy soon, <laughs> um, I I didn't get it for that one because I bought the lowest end. It's just for me to meant to be kind of like a little portable machine. And I felt like, well, if it if it really goes down, then I'll buy another one. You know, um, but I did buy it on my Mac Studio because that was an expensive purchase. And I it probably was dumb because it just sits on my desk all day. I can't imagine what's going to go wrong with it. But with with this huge hard drive and everything in there, I ran the cost up. It, it actually made sense to add another couple hundred bucks on just to extend the warranty. So the answer to me is it depends. I'm really the same way. Uh, I do it. I do Apple Care Plus for phones and watches just because, you know, they're prone to damage. I have never done the theft or loss protection. Especially from you, Steve. I don't know what you're talking about. So much stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the uh, I've never done theft or loss for me, but when we bought my daughter her iPhone 12, I did the 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 loss and theft prevention for exactly the reason you said. Right, they're new users. Something may be more likely to happen. Um, I have purchased it on Max. I did it on this MacBook Pro. But I also, and I didn't really think about until I sat down, you know, working on this outline. I haven't had need for Apple Care on a Mac in a really long time, and I could see myself moving away from it. But at the same time, right, whatever it was, two hundred bucks for a MacBook Pro, I'm spending way more than that. And as these machines become more refined there's fewer discrete components right so it used to be back when i was turning screws uh having a logic board replacement like a lot of other things would go wrong before we got to that point well now it's basically just a logic board in there and so you do have that issue um apple does have uh pretty reasonable out of warranty repair pricing i didn't even get into it in this episode because again it's dependent on the product and where you are but there's tiers to that sometimes. Same thing if there's damage, like tier one damage, tier two damage, where you can play a, pay a flat rate and get whatever fixed, you know, that you need to. Um, those tiers are more than the Apple Care is. But again, I don't know how much money I've spent on Apple Care that I've never used, and so I think I'm going to be more, uh, a bit more choosy about this moving forward. But on the iPhones and the Apple Watches in the house, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I feel like modern Macs are more reliable than they that were too. in the old days. Oh, yeah. And so that makes me less likely to buy it. And I don't try to think of it as like the um, the payoff or investment, like, oh, I bought this much Apple Care and I've got this many computers or whatever. Um, I don't really think that's the way to think about it. Um, but I, um, I, I'm just less inclined to get it for Macs because I just have more faith in them now. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way about the iPad and an iPhone. With the iPhone, the reason for the Apple Care is more likely what I'm going to do to the phone than some inherent problem with it. Um, when I do buy it, I'm also lean towards buying it on the yearly basis. And 
that's because, you know, I'm Max Sparky and I seem to turn over devices pretty quickly. I don't want to buy three years worth of coverage necessarily. Um, but I also like the idea when I hand it down to kids that I can make the coverage last longer if I want. So uh, when I do get, I, I usually buy the yearly, but I'm getting less and less inclined to get it for Max. No, I, I totally get that. And that is the uh, the trade-off for the uh, the simplicity inside these machines is that they are more reliable, right? When you had more discrete components, there was more failure points. And as these things have gotten more consolidated inside, those failure points have gotten less and less. And so that, that's the trade-off. Um, I think it's different for everybody, right? Some people are just more risk-adverse than others. And so they're going to want it. Uh, some people... You know, I definitely came across this uh, back in my day of some people just refuse to pay for warranties, like on a, you know, <laughs> religious stance almost. And if that's you, that's fine too, right? Again, you have these options and Apple makes it uh, easy to decide what to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had that experience with some products where you buy the extended warranty and they don't honor it. And then as a result, you never want a warranty again. And that's not the case with Apple. I mean, Apple actually does honor their warranties. And uh, some companies, it seems like it's a game to them to figure out how they can not fix your thing, even though you paid for a warranty. It's not Apple. I think we should, uh, before we wrap up, though, I just want to talk, because you were a genius for a while, and I just kind of want to make a pitch for the best way to deal with Apple when you're going through this process. Because I think um, it actually matters. I think if you have the right attitude going in, you have a much better chance of having a successful kind of experience than if you don't. And I've seen it and you've seen it even more than me, but some people go in with this big chip on their shoulder. Uh, A lot of times they may be hiding uh, damage that they caused. Um, And I think all of that is nonsense. I think the best way to handle this when you go in is just be honest. If you broke something, tell them. But if you didn't, tell them that too. And and I find they're much more willing to work with you if you go in there and you don't act like a jerk and you're honest with them. They don't have to try and figure out where you're lying. Um, I, I do think that there's really something to that in dealing with Apple Care. I, I 100% agree. Uh, I think also some uh, we definitely had people come in the store who – played the game of like outsmarting the genius, right? Like it turned into some sort of, uh, you know, ego thing or trying to pit their knowledge versus ours. And like my thing always like, I, I just want to solve this for you. Right. Like, again, the idea of like, we're, we're going to form a team here and we're going to try to, to, to figure this out. Um, uh, having, having that sort of, I'm going to one up you. Like that, that doesn't go well in any service environment, but I think, don't hear what I'm not saying. I think people who work behind the Genius Bar or in the Apple Care organization are like they're nerdy people. Nerds in particular don't respond to that well, right? Like, I mean, how many times you see it on, on like social media or in a forum post, right? People just one up each other and it spins out of control. Like, that's not what you want when you're trying to resolve an incident with your with your phone or your or your Mac or whatever. And so, going in, being honest, right? But also being an, an advocate, right? Of like, hey, you know, like you said, I've done this, this, and this. You know, can we look in this direction, right? It's just about about good communication. That's really what it comes down to for me. And also, I feel like at Apple, they do have some leniency. Like, they have some room to wiggle if they want to. And 
if you go in and you're a jerk, they're not going to use any of that for you. And, uh, and while I think you should be polite and honest, I also think that there's nothing wrong with, with telling them if you're unhappy with the situation and, and seeing what they can do about it, you know, because sometimes you get a lemon and like, if you have to like, like that 17 inch MacBook pro, I did tell them after a while, I'm like, this is kind of silly. I come in here like every six months and get a new logic board. And it feels like, you know, for this much money, I shouldn't have to spend this time. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the way I said it. I, I wasn't, you know, shaking my fists and screaming. I was just saying, you know, it's not really fair. And, and, you know, they agreed with me and they took care of it. So Mm -hmm. I think there's some level to that. I agree. That's a long time ago and maybe they're not as flexible now, but, but I do think if when you're dealing with Apple Care, kindness counts. Yeah, the, everyone's just people, right? And the person on the other end of the phone, or the other end of the chat, or the other side of the Genius Bar, right? They're not personally at fault for the issue, right? Yeah. They they didn't <laughs> they didn't come in and cause this problem for you. And treating any service person, I mean, forget Apple Care. Let's talk more broadly anyone who's in the service industry and that's what these jobs are like they're not the bad guy right they're, they're you know the genius didn't come in she didn't come in and like make your printer stop working right they're there to help solve a problem and it's just uh there's no way to have um there's no way to have a good outcome if you if you if you don't want it for yourself i think at the end of the day yeah and that's also that person doesn't have the money you spent on this product stuffed in their mattress you know <laughs> they're there working for hourly trying to do a good job yeah so don't make it make it difficult for them and and they won't make it difficult for you either i mean that doesn't mean they're going to just give you a new mac cuz you're friendly but that does mean that they're going to do the best that they can yeah and yeah that counts. and they've got rules too right like the and again this is in my period the rule for a hardware replacement like your macbook pro was three major repairs and so three logic boards two logic boards in the screen you know an optical drive didn't account a keyboard didn't account three major repairs then they were eligible for replacement and even then there was a process to go through to like make your case uh that the product could be replaced right they also have rules and a system that they are working within. And sometimes that system's bad, right? Like Apple Care, Apple Services Division, like they've made bad decisions over the years, just like any other organization, right? But you got to remember that too, that they are trying to find a solution, but they also have a system they're working within. And sometimes they don't, there's not a, a way to get to what you want without going through some other steps, if at all. And so again, just, just communication. That's all it is. And and really, I've, other than one time, uh, thinking about my times where I've had to contact Apple Care, which is not very often because I, you know, I am who I am. Um, all but one time, it's been positive. Uh, I had one time where it was in the the early butterfly keyboard days. Apple already, I think it was before the repair extension program, but it had come out that Apple was replacing them under warranty for people, and I had a key come off my MacBook Pro completely. And the genius at my local store was like, no, you damaged this. It's going to be $400 or whatever it was. And I respectfully and calmly, I was like, well, uh, you know, both of us know (laughs) 
there's been a lot of issues with this. I didn't tell him who I was, right? Like I didn't play like I talk about yeah. this for a living. You know who like, I am. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, I was like, hey, look, they, a lot of these have this issue. There's a lot of reporting that these are being taken care of under warranty. And I, you know, this key was sticky, right? It was doing the thing that these other keyboards do, and the key cap came off. And, you know, they escalated to their manager, and the manager's like, yes, of course, we'll take care of it for you. So even that had a good ending, but we had to communicate through that issue, right? It, it would have been easy for me at that point to like fly off the handle, tell them I'm never buying a Mac again, right? Storm out the store or whatever, make a scene, but that doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, but communicating calmly and clearly my expectations, backing it up with information, and then they escalated and the process worked. So at the end of the day, it still panned out. All right. Well, there you go. Apple care. Uh, we are the Mac power users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. Thank you to our sponsors. One password and NetSuite. And if you are a more power user subscriber, stick around. We're going to be talking about our pre-order madness. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next time.